Good evening, uh, everyone. Welcome once again to this online service. And we have just started talking about the spirit of Zezebel. And uh, this is one spirit that we really need to deal with in the church at this end time. Uh, because the Word of God says when we overcome, when we overcome this uh, Zezebel, then we will have authority over the nations. So can you see it's so important? And the flip side is, if we do not overcome, we lose the authority that God has given to us over the nations. Okay, so we want to take note that Zezebel does not just want to come in and influence an individual, but through that individual, Zezebel wants to spread her influence among the people of God to destroy the church, to destroy the whole group of the children of God, destroy a nation. That's what Zezebel wants to do. And when Zezebel came into the nation of Israel, first of all, it destroyed this northern kingdom, Israel, and then later on it spread to the southern kingdom, Judah, and it destroyed the whole nation uh, and, and caused them to turn against God. So this Jezebelic spirit is a spirit of idolatry, is a spirit of rebellion and witchcraft. And uh, so we, we, we must know uh, how deadly this spirit of Jezebel is, how devastating her power, if allowed to work in our midst, will bring about such a devastating destruction to our life, to our family, to a nation, and, uh, well, to the people of God. Okay, so... We want this morning, uh, this evening, we want to spend a bit more time to look into the scripture and see how uh, the, the, the effect of Zezebel coming into marriage, uh, to marriages. Let's uh, look once again into the story of Ahab uh, in 1 Kings 16, verse 31. 1 Kings 16, verse 31. He, meaning Ahab, king of Israel, not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Zeroboam, son of Nebat, but he also married Zezebel, daughter of Ephbel, king of the Sidonian, and began to serve Baal and worship him. And uh, so we see that Ahab's downfall the downfall of the nation of Israel is because of Zezebel, uh, Ze uh, of Ahab marrying Zezebel. And because of Zezebel, Ahab begins to worship Baal and the whole nations begin to worship Baal. And that's why during the time of Moses, before the nation of Israel entered into the promised land, God warned them not to marry those foreign women, the, the women from these other nations that is run about. Because this woman will lead 
their sons, their the nation of Israel to worship their idols. Right? In Exodus 34, verse 16. Exodus 34, verse 16. And when you choose some of their daughters as wives for your sons, and those daughters prostitute themselves to their gods, they will lead your sons to do the same. You see? They will lead your sons to do the same. So God warned them not to and forbid them to do it. Because that will be their downfall. And we see this happening in our world today. You know, we are aware of certain uh, religion, how to marriages, they infiltrate into our rank, infiltrate into our people, our churches, and begins to destroy the covenant that God has made with, with us, his people, and destroy the people of God. So we need to take note. We need to take warning. You know, I'm just telling you what the word of God says and, uh, and remind us of what God says so that we will not fall into that snare because it just snowball. You know, you allow the spirit of Zezebel to come in, it just begins to snowball and begins to have greater impact and, and even from generation to generation. But is there any special circumstances that we can, uh, we can not follow what God has said or, or, or what has been listed down uh, there? In, in the book of Moses. In the Bible, we read about Ruth, uh, about Ruth. I think you know the story. Naomi, the mother-in-law, the mother, and this uh, husband, this Jewish couple from Judah. They, because of famine in Judah, because of economic reason. This couple, Naomi and the husband, took their two sons and then they went to Moab because there is food there. And so we know that today many of our people, we move because of economic reason. We do not think about other consequences after uh, inference uh, you know that 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 might uh, destroy our the covenant that we make with God but we move for economic reason and uh, they were supposed to just stay there for a little while but they stay longer and eventually Naomi's husband died the two sons, they married the, the woman from Moab. But the two sons also died. And uh, so Naomi heard that in Judah, God has blessed Judah, God has blessed her hometown, and if there were plenty of food. And so she wanted to go back to her hometown. 
And so she told these two daughter-in-law to stay because they are Moab women. I don't know about their, their belief. Is there any changes because they were married over? We don't know. And uh, so, uh, this, these two women, Oprah, Oprah and Ruth, they are good women. They, they are loving women. They take care of uh, Naomi and the family, the, the, the sons, their husband when they were alive. So we know that people of other faith, they are also good people and sometimes they are far better than the people of faith. And, but the thing is, now, Naomi is going back and, 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 and finally Oprah consented that, that she will stay back. But Ruth insists that she will follow. And uh, look at Ruth chapter 1. Verse 15. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Let's read that again. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. This was Ruth's re response to Naomi. Ruth understand the covenant. Ruth came into the covenant because of Naomi's family. And so this is what we want to see, right? We're talking about exceptional circumstances and, and, and because they were in Moab, not in Judah, and because of those circumstances, they married these two women, these two foreign women. But we want to see that before we enter into this kind of relationship, we want to see our, our companion or, 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 or partner is able to make this kind of a, a commitment. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, your God. My God, because we know we will not turn away from our God. We know that God is the, the true and living God. And, and, and we have entered into the covenant with our God, and we will not break that covenant. That's our commitment. And so we want to see people who want to be part of our life, wants to be in the family, they will have this kind of commitment. 
Okay, let's come back to Naomi. They, because of economic reason, moved uh, to Moab. And, and, and they make this great mistake, right? Because they did not think about the spiritual climax of Moab. You know, she's the one who said, you go back to your people, go back to your land, go back to your God. Naomi, no. You're in that kind of environment. You are affected by, by it. It's just like Jezebel. Bring in the inference and you're influenced by it. Right? But Naomi knew that, uh, that kind of inference that was there in Moab. But they still went. They still went. And when she came back, after all this, uh, uh, over 10 years, I think they were there. Right? And after all that has happened to, to, to them, when Naomi came back to Judah, came back to Bethlehem, came back to her hometown. And the people were so surprised and said, Hey, is that you, Naomi? Look at verse 25. Uh, verse, no, verse 20. Verse 20 and 21. Naomi said, Don't call me Naomi. Because the, 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 the word Naomi means sweet. Her name is sweet. She, she told them, call me Mara. Mara means bitter. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full. But the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Can you imagine when she went away, she was still full. But for immediate Reason, immediate benefit because of economic benefit. She moved because famine started in Judah. She, she begins to move. But she confessed here. When she went away, she was full. But now she came back empty. Right? So she has regretted her move to Moab. And uh, now she came back to Israel. Uh, so we, 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 we need to be conscious. When we move, we don't move just because of economic reason. What about the spiritual climax there? What about you know, this other thing that will affect us? And if she has stayed back right from the beginning, even though initially there was suffering because of famine in Judah, because God is God, that is the land that God has chosen, you know, and you see now that God has blessed Judah tremendously and, and, and she came back uh, to that. Okay, so that is a, a story in the Bible telling us the exceptional situation where they move away in Moab and in those situations, circumstances, they married foreign women and some of the experiences that, that happened. Right. Uh, but we want to come back to our story about Ahab, King Ahab, how he married Jezebel and as a result was involved in the, uh, the worship of Baal. And the Bible described 
Ahab like this in 1 Kings 21, verse 25. There was never a man like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, urged on by Zezebel, his wife. He behaved in the vilest manner by going after idols like the Amorites the Lord drove out before Israel. So if we read this account of Ahab, we would think that Ahab is really wicked. It's really, well, the, 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 the vilest man in Israel. But the truth is, Ahab originally, he's not like that. He became this man because of the influence of Jezebel. You know, the Bible says he's urged on by Jezebel, his wife. Right? So you, can you see? Jezebel, like spirit, wants to come into marriage and, and, and begins to exert the influence. Let's read this, this uh, story uh, about Ahab. You know, he wanted this land from Naboth. But Naboth refused to sell to him. So he was upset and that's it. But Jezebel schemed and killed Naboth so that they can take possession of that vineyard. It wasn't Ahab. Ahab wasn't that wicked. It's Jezebel who is ruthless, who will kill to get her own way. Right, so that's what she did. And God spoke to the prophet Elijah. And Elijah came and pronounced judgment upon Ahab and said God will destroy the whole family. And God will also destroy Zezebel. And so when Ahab heard about this, what happened? Uh, in 1 King 21 verse 27 1 King 21 verse 27 when Ahab heard these words he torn his clothes put on sackcloth and fast he lay in sackcloth and went around meekly so can you see Ahab there's still a fear of God in his heart he wasn't that wicked. But he became so vile and, and, and wicked because of Jezebel, because of the influence of Jezebel. So it's very important that we, 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 we know this, right? And, and now, having heard all these things, he repented, he, he mourned, and he humbled himself before God. And what happened? Verse 28, the next verse. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in his day, but I will bring it on his house in the days of his son. So God noticed, God saw Ahab humble himself. And so God spared him the kind of death, horrible death that he, God has pronounced judgment on and say that that will not happen in this manner to him, but it will 
be upon his son. So we can see that Zezebel come in. He wants to control. He wants to influence. He wants to lead people away from God. And it will pass down to the generations. It, was, it will influence the generation. And look at another king, another man, Solomon. Solomon, he's the wisest king. And yet, this man fall. What is the reason? He has such good spiritual heritage. His father, David, King David, is a man after God's own heart. And even before David died, David gave him a charge, a command. In 1 Kings 2, verse 1, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon his son. I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong, show yourself a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live and if they walk faithfully before me with all their hearts and soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. So can you see, Solomon has such a godly heritage to his father David. And Solomon himself has done great things. He built the temple of God. And he experienced the glory of God coming down upon the temple and upon him when he was dedicating the temple. So he's a man who experienced God's goodness and, uh, in his father and now to him. And, and God has given him wisdom, the wisest uh, man on earth. And the Bible describes Solomon as this. Uh, Let's, let's read uh, Nehemiah 13, verse 26. Nehemiah 13, verse 26. Was it not because of marriages like this, that means Solomon married foreign woman, that Solomon, king of Israel, sinned? Among the many nations, there was no king like him. He was loved by his God. And God made him king over all Israel. But even he was led into sin by foreign women. So, Solomon knew what God says. I'm sure when he married the first foreign woman as his wife, he thought, you know, I'm strong. He thought, you know, I would never turn away from God. You know, look at the temple, look at the glory, look at, you know, God, how you have blessed me and, and so on. That was what he thought. But because he married the foreign woman, because of the spirit of Zezebel, Zezebel has a way of manipulating, Zezebel has a way of coming in to take control. 
Solomon end up dedicating the ba- the, the the temple to Baal, built the te- a temple for the worship of Baal because of the, the the foreign woman because of the wife. Okay, so so this is how the spirit of Zazbel would come in, right? And uh, we got to take note and we got to be warned. So now this is Nehemiah. He was saying, even, even Solomon, such wise man, such, such, no, no king like him, loved by God, such a man was also led astray. Uh, because of marriages to those, those women of a, of a different uh, uh, faith. And, uh, and so Nehemiah warned the people because Nehemiah is trying to rebuild the city wall, wants to see Jerusalem being restored. The Jerusalem the temple, the nation of Israel were destroyed. Why? Because of worship of Baal, because of the spirit of Zezebel coming in to the nation of Israel. The spirit of idolatry coming in. And that's why they were destroyed. And, and Nehemiah wanted to rebuild the city wall and eventually the temple so that the nation of Israel will be restored back to God again. But he saw all these people, they, many of them married foreign women. In the next verse, it says in verse 27 of Nehemiah 13, Must we hear now that you too are doing all this terrible wickedness and are being unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women? Okay, so we see that... Uh, this is what uh, happened, what we presume, right, that we will not fall. And we, take, we, we better take note so that we will remain faithful to the covenant that we will never depart. And also those that we married, we want them to be, to follow us and to be our people, to, to follow our God so that our God will be their God. Let's go to another king, King Jehoram. King Jehoram was the king of Judah. You know, Israel, Judah. Israel, uh, Judah has already gone away from God because of Ahab, because of Zezebel. They begin to worship Baal. But Judah basically remained faithful. You know, they have Jehoshaphat, the king who, who really honor God and fear God. And after that, Jehoram. Jehoram, uh, in Second Chronicles 21 verse 5, Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. He walked in the ways of the king of Israel, as the house of Ahab had done. For he married a daughter of Ahab. He did evil in the eye of the Lord. 
Nevertheless, because of the covenant the Lord had made with David, the Lord was not willing to destroy the house of David. So can you see, King Jehoram, the king of Judah, begins to worship Baal, begins to work in the way of King Ahab, the king of Israel, because he married one of his daughters. So can you see how Zezebarah influence begins to infiltrate into Judah because of marriages? And, and, and because of this, this will go this influence will go from generation to generation, and that's how the nation of Israel deteriorated. Eventually, God had to destroy them. We just read God is not willing to destroy them because He has covenant with, with uh, King David. But Jezebel's influence begins to get uh, passed down from one generation after another after another. Eventually, God had to, had to destroy the nation. And that's why, that's where we read in Nehemiah. So, Nehemiah uh, 13, verse 23. Let's continue. Moreover, in those days, I saw men of Judah who had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. Half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod or the language of one of the other peoples and did not know how to speak the language of Judah. I rebuked them and called curses down on them. I beat some of the men and pulled out their hair. I made them take an oath in God's name and said, You are not to give your daughters in marriage to their sons, nor are you to take their daughters in marriage for your sons, or for yourself. So we read that these people, because of the, the marriage with, with this foreign uh, woman, they cannot speak the language of their own mother tongue. You see, the, the key thing is not the language here. The key thing is the culture of this, this foreign culture has come in. And as a result, they are worshipping Baal, they are worshipping those, those uh, uh, idols that came from this, this foreign woman. And so Nehemiah is warning them because this has been passing down from generation to generation. Nehemiah is putting a stop to it. And he say, you know, take off now that you will not continue to do this. What happened has happened, but you will not continue from now on. Because if you want to restore the nations back to its former glory, back in relationship with the covenant-making God, you have to deal with this spirit of Zezebel that has come in and now is influencing one generation after another. Okay, so uh, I hope this evening... When we look into the scripture and we know that the spirit of Zezebel is one that we have to contend with, that we have to deal with. Unless we overcome this spirit, we will not have the authority that God wants us to have over the nation. And, and we go back to the word of God. We allow the word of God to speak to us, you know, 
And, and that's all I can share with you. This is the word of God. You know, in our different situation, however we look at it, I hope we will follow what God says that we will not lose the, the covenant relationship that we have made with God and uh, so that our house will not be destroyed, right? Uh, so that the nation that God, this holy nation that God has brought us in will not be destroyed because of the influence of Zezebel. We're going to pray right now. Father, we thank you for your words. We pray, oh God, that your words will open our mind and heart so that we will be able to see how this Zezebelic spirit is infiltrating and working in the midst of your people so that we will know how to stand against it, so that we will know how to arise and overcome so that uh, we will once again have authority over the nation and we will continue to walk in your grace and walk in your covenant and walk in your goodness. Cause your church to rise up. We thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.